Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Before we jump into today's show, taking care of your teeth is pretty important. Our friends at Green Mountain Dental Group are giving away a free Sonicare toothbrush when you schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam. You simply have to take care of your teeth for Green Mountain Dental to hand over a free Sonicare. Check them out today online or call 303-988-0711 to schedule your appointment today. And Cole gets another good righty and another right by Cole, a left by Cole this time! Tipped in front by Mika Rantanen. He shoots and scars. Nathan McKinnon. Call J.T. Comfer. 877 goes now. Gabriel Landeskog. Collective hugs. 29 and 92. Save me by Grubauer. Move over, Picasso. This piece of art is by McKinnon. My goodness gracious. Welcome into the BSN Avalanche podcast for a Wednesday episode. I promised predictions on our last show, and, and we're finally going to get to them here today. It should be a fun episode. We got a four-man cast we upgraded for even an additional member for this one. I'm Nathan Rudolph. With me, as always, is AJ Hayfley. Joining us again is Jesse Montano. And back for the first time since before the draft even is Dario Ronzoni, who... I think I got his name right. I hope so far I haven't messed up anyone. I actually have to talk to's name yet. You nailed it. <laughs> All right. You got it. Three for three today. Sometimes I get lucky. We will get to the abs predictions, I promise. But I wanted to start off with some NHL league-wide predictions. One of them, I have a, a suspicion that some abs talk may jump into it. So we'll save that one. I want to start with who is going to win the divisions and then the president's trophy as well, even though I'm pretty sure everyone's picking Tampa for that one. Uh, I, I want to really fast before we start with our predictions. Um, I just want you, you guys to know I intentionally sabotaged our show the other day so that, uh, so that Dario could join us. It was all intentional. I didn't That's want true. to do this without him. That was why I uh, intentionally messed up uh, after about, 40 minutes. Uh, it was it was because I knew we could get Dario on later. So you're welcome, everyone. Thank you, Jesse, uh, you, for course, having me back there. Of course, Dario, always. No uh, one would have even known if you didn't <laughs> say anything, but here we are. I know. I had to sell us out. Um, but since since I sold us out, I guess I'll go ahead and uh, – so what? You want, you want divisions and then president's trophy, yeah? Yeah, which – it's Tampa Bay for the president's trophy, <laughs> unless you're really getting hot with the takes. Uh, you know, I'll save my hot takes for for uh, for a later segment. Um, I do, man. I I think it's I think it's Tampa Bay at the top again. Um, and and for me, uh, this year it's really not very close either. Um, I mean, you look at you look at last year. It was, I I mean, it was it was a landslide, right? It was it was an absolute landslide for them to win. 
Uh, they win the yeah. President's Trophy, so I, I expect uh, expect the same again, which obviously means I think they would win their division. Um, other than that, out west uh, in the Pacific, uh, I think I've got Vegas. Uh, I think I've got Vegas there. To me, they're still – I like them a lot. I like their style of play. Um, the Sharks are the Sharks. Um, you got Martin Jones there. I like Mark Andre Fleury. Uh, so I got I got Vegas there. Uh, and then, you know, man, we we talked about it the other day. Um, the Central is is in my opinion, it's a it's a three horse race. I think I've got a default to the Preds. Uh, I won't get into that too much. I'm sure we will. And then I'll take the Caps as well uh, in the Metro. All right. I'll, I'll seem fairly reasonable there. I I agree. Tampa's just a runaway, right? You, you don't even worry about that one. The Pacific, Vegas is an interesting one because it felt like they did lose a lot over the offseason. But when you look at it, they didn't really lose any of the core pieces that they needed to retain. Yeah, they Vegas did a really good job of cutting off dead weight that they weren't really making a lot of use of, but still had value to other teams. Right. It's the East, I don't, I, the Metro at least, Tampa's taken the Atlantic. It, it's maybe the most interesting one. You could say the Central is as well, but can Washington continue to hold on to the top there, or, or are there any, any sleepers people are picking to come at the top of that division? Well, the one thing about the Atlantic is what, last year it was Tampa Bay by a landslide, and then it was Boston, and then Toronto I think was third. Um, th- there's a lot of fodder in that division for free points. So, there is, yeah. you know, uh, Ottawa and Detroit are probably going to be really bad again. So I think that the division can feed. Um, uh, I, I And then Tampa's interesting. You know, normally, you know, you, you win the President's Trophy and you get, you get kind of a run in the first round and then they were embarrassed at the NHL awards show. And, you know, I, I think there's going to be a chip on their shoulder. Um, so I, I'm with Jesse. I think they're, they're going to take the Atlantic again. And then heck in, in the Metro, you're looking at probably, you know, I, I would say, you know, Washington, what they lost, what Orpik retired and not a lot changed there, but Carolina, I know that they're, um, they're a hot card, but I think I might pick Carolina to upset and win that uh, Metro with uh, with Washington, uh, maybe taking second place there. That's what I like <laughs> to hear. I'm taking Carolina in that division as well, so now, I like that pick. I'm, I'm, I'm jumping over because I, I genuinely don't remember. <sighs> What's Carolina doing in goal this year? That, to me, is there, as always, I just – because it's still Peter Morazic, right? That's that's who they're going with. It is, but if he plays like he did last year, that's more than good enough. <sighs> I don't know. I the big yeah. Bat. I was gonna say. I mean, it is. It's a gamble, but it's goaltending. It, <laughs> most of the teams in every division are gambling on it. Yeah. So I mean, Morazic and Reimer certainly isn't a tandem that you're writing home about, but it could get the job done the same way that I mean, they got a career year out of. Uh, what McElhaney mm-hmm. last year? So, you know, I'm, I'm, I mean, it's. it's I'm not right. saying it's not possible. I'm not saying the team isn't good enough. I mean, I mean, the Abs are 
not maybe not on, on quite the same level, but you know, the abs are taking a gamble in net too. Um, you know, Rudo, to your point, you know, technically everyone's taking a gamble in net save for maybe, you know, just a, a few teams. Um, but I don't know. I just, to me, those are two guys who have been career backups, um, have established themselves as career backups. Um, yeah, trying to get that same performance out of him. We'll see, you know, I don't know. Um, but to me, just, just looking up and down that Metro Washington is just kind of, I guess, kind of my default the same way in that Tampa Bay is just that I'm looking up and down. Um, you know, the, the penguins are getting older. They're still going to be there. Um, but you know, they're, they're obviously past their, their window of, of like true supremacy, the Flyers don't do it for me. The Rangers are heading obviously in the right direction. Um, you know, the Islanders, that's a good team that I could see maybe up there with Washington, especially if you get a good year out of Varley. Even with their moves, the Devils just don't really do it for me. The Jackets lost their entire roster. Um, I, I don't know. To me, just, I, I, and I guess maybe it's just I am just defaulting to the Caps, and maybe that's not a good thing to do, but uh, in that division – I don't know. Between Washington and Pittsburgh, I mean, you've got two teams that pretty reliably you know are going to be somewhere in there. Uh, They're led by Hall of Fame caliber players, and, you know, they. I don't think they took huge steps back this summer. Um, I mean, Pittsburgh replacing Kessel with Galchenyuk and and Brandon Tanev was certainly questionable, but as long as Crosby and Malkin are there, they're going to be competitive. I I look at that division and I do think it could be extremely cannibalistic with the improvements the Rangers have made, with the improvements New Jersey has made. There isn't that fodder like we said there is in the Atlantic, like there has always been in the Pacific. It's it's a lot like the Central has been for a long time where it's it's going to be gruesome. You're going to have to battle it out against your division opponents every single night. Yeah, and uh that's why uh, my bolder prediction is I have Philly winning that division this year. I'm going I'm going with Carter Hart and the improvements there. I really really like their forwards and I think their defense is primed for a major bounce back after a huge letdown from everyone on their blue line last year. So, I'm going to have Philly winning the Metro, Tampa winning the Atlantic. Nashville winning the Central and Vegas winning the Pacific. Let's can I can we talk about the Central for a minute? I know we're going to get into AV stuff, yeah. but you know, it's a really really interesting division because obviously you've got the AVs who I mean I I don't know if there's any if there's any one team with more hype around them than the AVs this year. Um, you know, just you look on Twitter. I mean, it seems like every major outlet's talking about them. I think NHL Network, you know, that's a, that's a tough network to be on between July and August. But, I mean, they've used a lot of their time to talk about the Avs. Um, so, you know, you've obviously got them. Dallas made a lot of noise. Um, Nashville is, is, is kind of like the Washington where you say, okay, well, they're an automatic to be there. Uh, you know, Winnipeg is still in their window. The Blues are coming off a Stanley Cup championship. The the Blackhawks have made some moves where I wouldn't be surprised. Maybe I'd be surprised if they were to win the division, but, I mean, if they're right in there, really the only team that I can't see winning the division is is Minnesota. I, I 
is this the best the Central's ever been? That's a hard question. The Central has been really good some years. But they're definitely... Minnesota, even despite their weaknesses, is not going to be a pushover team. Every single team is going to have strong nights. And I, I struggle to see Dallas moving up into that kind of division winning capability. But absolutely Nashville is has the crown. It's it's theirs to lose at this point. Colorado's the hype team, as you said. And after that, it, it just kinda if a team gets hot at the right time, they could take it. Yeah. I mean it's it's I, I just I you know we've always talked about what a gauntlet the central division is. But I mean, it's th- this this year really does because in the past there's been the Avs at the bottom, and you know the, the, it seems like they've been really strong at the top and some of the best teams. But but to your point, you know, I I, I don't think Minnesota is going to be any good this year. You know, I I don't necessarily know if they'll be the Anaheim LAs of the league. Um, but I mean, there just any of these teams you could see ending up in the top three. And I don't think you can say that for any other division that all but one of the teams you could easily see having home ice in the first round. I don't think there's any other division like that. Uh, by, there, there's no question. The, the central division is the best division or the most competitive division in all the NHL. I mean, it's crazy that, you know, six of the seven teams can compete for the uh, first place really and then um minnesota you know i don't think they're going to be any good i think it'd be the one team that 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 everyone will beat up on a little bit um heck they they only last season they had a a total of 211 goals scored um colorado had 260 chicago had 270 chicago who who were awful uh you know and winnipeg had 272 i i mean minnesota does not have the goal scoring zuccarello is not going to solve that problem i think they're still going to struggle i know they're going to get dumba back so they might have a little bit more threat on the power play but i still expect that team to suffer i think i expect them to solidly wrap up last place in that division um I didn't pick my winners in the Western. I think it's I'm going to go chalk, pure chalk. I think it's going to be Nashville and Calgary within the Pacific. Calgary is another crazy team. You know, we don't think much of them because we saw the Avalanche kind of blow them out in the playoffs. But, I mean, that was a team that had a 62-goal differential through the regular season. They had 107 points, and they kind of cruised into the playoffs. And it was a really good team, the Avalanche. Um took care of in the playoffs. And I think that they're going to be right there at the top in the Pacific again. But I think that was it though. Like they beat through. Like they, they last year was a year where everything kind of went their way. They got, they got away with a mediocre goaltending tandem. Uh, They didn't have any like major injury issues. Every guy they needed a big breakout from, they got one. The only real thing that did not go their way was the James Neal signing. Otherwise, I mean, Mark Giordano has a career year at 34. I mean, it's it. I the, I still have Calgary in the top three in the Pacific, but I have them facing a lot more adversity to get there. Uh, I I just don't I don't see them repeating a season in which everything went went their well, way. Well, see, what I find funny is that there's this perception that Calgary 
is really like on this um, – I don't want to say everybody thinks they're on the decline, but they think that Vegas is on this big um, uh, trajectory upwards. And Vegas, even with the bad penalty, they had a bad playoff. I mean, they lost that playoff series in bad fashion to even get to that game, that seventh game, and get that, that call – that they fell apart just as Calgary did in the playoffs. So it's interesting to me that Vegas is on this is perceived to be like on this upward trajectory and Calgary is um, lucky for lack of a better term. I mean, Calgary was 26 and 10 at home and 24 and 15 on the road. That's unreal. I just can't see them taking a massive step back from those numbers. Even with Cam Talbot in net. Uh, well, <laughs> well, I mean, they had Mike Smith in net. Here, here's my thing is is two years in a row Vegas has been considered, you know, w- one of the better teams out west. Uh, you know, they were in the Stanley Cup Finals two years ago. Turn back the clocks two years, Calgary didn't even make the playoffs. A lot of people didn't even pick them to be there last year. They were kind of a a better version of the 13-14 abs, in my opinion, where to AJ's point, no injuries, career years out of everyone. You know, he sneaks through with with Mike Smith. Uh, You know, they they have the crazy record on the road. To me, the the reason that I see it as, as maybe not necessarily on the decline, but I just more of see last year as a, that's not really who they are or who they're trending to be. Um, you know, they, they, they strung together a bunch of wins. You got, you got big, big years out of everyone. And I just don't know if they can do that again. I don't think they're a bad team. I I would probably even say they're a playoff team. Um, but I, I just don't think what we saw last year is an accurate representation of what, what they're building towards. I, yeah, and the big thing for me is Giordano. Like, when you have a, a legit, like, true blue Norris guy on your team, it makes everything so much easier. It makes your it makes your team so much better. And, you know, that dude last year, he coming into the season a career high of 56 points, and he dropped 74 points at age 34. So unless this, this is like a Tim Thomas, like, super late thirties, like revival where he just gets insanely good out of nowhere. Like he's always been a really good defender and a really good two-way player, but having the kind of year that he had at his age is something that I'm just saying, Hey, we're going to look back on it and be like, wow, that was really weird. But if he drops back down to even a 50 point player, which is something he's only ever hit one other time in his career, like that's a huge step back in terms of effectiveness from their top defenseman who did everything for them last year. And I just think that alone, Giordano and and Cam Talbot replacing Mike Smith, those two things alone, I think are enough to drop them from 107 points to like maybe like 96 points, 98 points. And then, you know, you have the, the the whole rest of the roster, you know, are they going to, are they going to get, healthy seasons out of all of their guys because if they do then great they could absolutely be right there again that's just you know we've seen it time and time again you don't normally get that lucky with health several years in a row well any team in the western conference if they're regressing whether it's the wild whether it's san jose whether it's calgary 
I'll drink to that. So it's time to take a second to acknowledge Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of BSN Denver. Breckenridge is the original Colorado beer established in 1990 in Breckenridge, Colorado. You probably heard of their delicious vanilla porter, their oatmeal stout, and most people's personal favorite, the world-famous Avalanche, which is their classic American amber ale. But they also have Strawberry Sky now, which is their newest beer, which has been released all over the the midwest at this point i think it's it's all over the place for you enthusiasts out there they're calling this a light-hearted kolsch ale and if you don't know what that means this is that light delicious summer beer that you've been looking for so get on it quick because summer is basically over we're into september now uh you can find it at your local liquor store or if you can't find it there i've heard people have driven quite a long way to find this because it's just that good but you can also keep an eye out for the breckenridge event calendar on bsn denver.com and we have all of our events planned on there you can rsvp and come out and have a good time and drink breck beers with us before we get out of this segment real quick off the top of your head who wins the art ross this year we'll start with dario the art ross art ross yep. the goal scoring um points points points, points. kutra again Boring. Well, it's Kutra for, you know, actually, I, I think McDavid will he'll go grab that. Yep. McDavid will grab that. Yeah. The Oilers just aren't good enough for him, too. And, and that has nothing to do with him. He's the best player. But Nikita Kutra, I mean, they just, they, the, the Lightning just scored too many goals for Kutra to not beat McDavid. If McDavid had a better team around him, uh, I'd agree with you. But I just, McDavid just can't produce the same way that that Kucherov has because of what's around him. He's playing with a 50 goal scorer, so there's that. And they still couldn't get into the playoffs. That is a true fact. <laughs> yeah, I've got I've got McDavid. Uh, Kucherov had the uh, the kind of season that we haven't seen in a long, long, long time, and he did it from the wing, which is a lot harder to replicate. Um, even even playing on a stacked line like he is uh i've i've still got mcdavid he's the best player he's playing next to dry they'll they'll find somebody to stand around and tap pucks in on the right wing i'm sure uh, I, I i've got mcdavid he's just too good yeah I, I was waffling between those two as well i just wanted to dangle the bait and see if anyone would say mckinnon but so when someone calls us a homer, you can point out this podcast and say no. Yeah, you know, with McKinnon, I, I think it's just McDavid just has that extra gear. Yeah. Uh, where he's just he's just so dominant, man. We haven't seen McKinnon truly individually completely take over an entire game yet. We've seen him take over periods. We've seen him do incredible stuff, but just straight up put the team on his back alone Connor type McDavid. of thing. Is just, dude. I mean, yeah, and I mean, no one's ever seen anything like it's ridiculous. It's crazy to watch that dude. There's, there's not even anyone on the same level as good as I think Nathan McKinnon is and Nikita Kucherov. I still think Kucherov will win the scoring race, but there, there's, I've never seen another hockey player like Connor McDavid. It's something else. I mean, the beginning of his career almost mirrors Sidney Crosby's. It's actually kind of weird. Uh, without the injury the first year for for McDavid, we'd probably be looking at like like you could you could do the player A player B game and it would it would be a toss up because both of those careers started the same way. Uh, but you know, hoping hoping McDavid 
avoids the the concussion issues that derailed uh, Crosby there. But that's that's the kind of start that he's off to was like early career Crosby where he was so dominant. And he's just gotten better. I mean, 48, 100, 108, 116. One, I mean, realistically, even as bad as the Oilers are, I mean, that guy could have a 130-point season, and I wouldn't blink. Yeah, he's filthy. I don't think there's any doubt about it. We can go ahead and get out of this first segment here so we can get you to your avalanche predictions. First, got to pay a few bills, though. Chad with Houselift has an incredible service for you. If you or your friends are thinking about selling your house but it's not in tip-top condition, go to houselift.com. They'll show you how to maximize your profit. If your house is in need of an upgrade, Houselift can assist in eliminating all the stress of the remodeling process while matching the current trends that buyers most desire. And get this, there are zero upfront costs from you, the homeowner. That's right, you won't pay for any of the upfront costs for the remodel until your house closes. Houselift will handle everything from the contractors to the design while managing all of those costs. Here's what you need to do. Head to their website or Facebook page. You can find both at houseliftcolorado.com and check out the incredible remodels that they have there for you for previous clients. In past jobs, Houselift has put anywhere from fifteen dollars to $60,000 more into their clients' pockets. Call 303-885-7888 today and find out what Houselift can do for you. Oh yeah, if you hire one of Houselift's preferred realtors, they will sell your home without a listing commission. Second segment of the BSN Avalanche podcast presented by The Green Solution. Visit any one of their 17 locations or browse their entire inventory online at mygreensolution.com. Reserve products online and pick up at your local TGS Express checkout. You'll be in and out in minutes. And you can use code BSN20 for 20% off your entire purchase. All right. It's time to stop beating around the bush. It's time to get into the Avalanche predictions I alluded to McKinnon at the end of the last segment, and that's where I want to start. Doesn't win the Art Ross, but does he get 100 points? And where do you guys think the rest of that three-headed monster falls for point totals, roughly? Uh, I'll start. I'll say yes, he does. Uh, I say he lands at 104. Uh, Miko at 93. Uh and then where am I going to put Gabe? Uh, That's the hard one, yeah. yeah uh, um, I'll say he gets 69 points. Nice. Mostly just because I wanted to say he gets 69. Got to get it in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we needed it. All right. So we have one McKinnon at 100, one Landy at 69, one Miko at 90. Let's go with AJ next. Uh, I think McKinnon will hit a hundred. Yeah, I've got I I I've got that one. Um, I don't know where he un- ultimately ends up, but I think he hits the hundred mark. Um, I I don't think Miko gets to ninety. I think he'll probably be somewhere in the eighties, and I think Landeskog is probably back down into the sixties. All right, so fairly consistent. Have yeah. Ranton an eighty to ninety. I said we weren't homers, but now we're all going to put McKinnon over 100 points. So, <laughs> I mean. Uh, and then Landy, yeah. If he puts up 70 again, particularly in the same way with all those tip goals as we've talked about before, watch out. <laughs> That's all I'll say there. Yeah. And Dario? Yeah, I'm in line with AJ there. I think the, the only one that could 
Well, first of all, all three of them are going to feed on the power play. They're all three going to play together on the power play no matter what happens. But I think that the the guy who's likely, most likely, to move up and down the lineup to play with Kadri on the wing is probably Landeskog for whatever reason. Um, just to offer more of a defensive look or something to align. So, um, yeah, I can see him still being in um, the the 60s, maybe maybe Eclipse in 70. But, I, yeah, I see uh, Ranson in the 80s and I think uh, Nate is on a mission, and I think he'll 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 break a hundred. I think he's going to do it. So, I think that top line once again is just going to be um, strong as long as they stay healthy. Okay, I mean that's a we can dive into that top six look. We we've talked about it a few times. The three headed monster is easy to start, but but as the season progresses, do you guys expect it to stay together? Do you think the second line will end up being? Obviously, Kadri, very likely Burkowski. You have Jost over there. You have Donskoy over there. There's a couple other options as well. You know, I think I think with your improved depth, I, I think it actually it gives you some flexibility to break that lineup because you're not going to be. Let's see. How do I want to put this? It's not that you're going to be saying, all right, well, let's split up the top line because we need someone who can produce on these other lines. It's going to be, we've got good players there. If we throw in one of these, you know, three superstars, how much better does that make them? And then not only that, it gives you better players to plug in on, on, you know, on that top line as you move guys around. Uh, So I expect that we'll, we'll probably see it shaken up a little bit more so. Uh, this year than last, but I still think that's going to be kind of the, um, you know, default safety blanket uh, when you need a big goal, uh, when you need to get the team going. It's a big game late in the season. I think you'll see that line together because why wouldn't you? But but I think that the added depth this year gives you some more flexibility to move those guys around because you're going to have some better options to plug in at the top and you're not going to be having to play, you know, uh, whoever you know on that top line because you desperately need to put Miko Ranton and uh you know down a line to give you some more some more consistency yeah it's I agree that there is certainly more flexibility with the team this year in the top six at the very least and ultimately I expect there to be a real attempt to break up the three-headed monster it might work. It might not. It it just remains to be seen because if things aren't working, it's a very, very easy thing to go back to. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. We'll see on that one. Anyone else have any hot takes on who's going to get top six minutes? Any Val Nachushkins out there or anything? <laughs> I mean, you've got to, I would break up the, the top line personally, and, and I would focus on running duos through your lineup. And, and kind of filling in pairs that you know work. Uh, and with the top line, you know that two different pairs work. So you can try both Kadri and Ranton, or uh, both Landeskog and Ranton in with Kadri. Uh, right. if, if for whatever reason one doesn't work or it's it's just stagnant or whatever. Um, I, I don't think you have to be married to the top line just because they're your three best forwards. And in the past, they've been your clear-cut three best forwards. And, you know, now with Kadri's addition there, it, it as a legitimate higher-end NHL center, 
you know, not not a one C, but a very good two C. I think that uh, it gives you so much flexibility and so many more options for how you want to run your forward core. And you know, you got Burakovsky, so you drop you drop him in there to start with. Uh, if you if you really wanted to get crazy, you can drop him on the right line on the right side next to Landis Goggin McKinnon to start the year. If you really wanted to see what you had in him, like, hey, we're gonna. <laughs> We're gonna see if this guy can sink or swim right away. That's that's one way to do it. Um, but then you know, then you might get married to that line, and that 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 could end up being a good thing. You know, the I think the real question is is what do you do with Tyson Jost? Because it sounds like they've been planning on moving him to the left side next to Kadri uh, all summer, but he had such a strong finish at center that there's a real argument to say, hey, why not have him be your third line center? and have Colin Wilson and JT Comfer be put around him. And because that was that was your essentially your second line in the at the end of the postseason last year. And now that's your third line. I mean that that goes to show you the kind of summer they had where they just put an entire line in front of those guys. We know that those three can work well together and it sets Jost up to be successful at the higher impact position as a center versus a wing. So that's that's really the the big question for me is what do you do with Tyson Jost? Uh, I mean, oh, yeah. it's a fair <laughs> it, it's a fair question, and unfortunately, the answer comes down to that. It comes down to what does Tyson Jost look like fifteen games into the season? Yeah, <laughs> he could look great, and then you say, hey, we can give this guy a, a go on the top line, or or he's working well here things get really interesting if the top six doesn't look like it's going to work with him though. For, for me to, to start the season, I would, if it were me, I would keep the top line together and I would keep Tyson Jost in the middle. I would, I would put him with Confer and Wilson. That line had success uh, in the playoffs, had, had a good amount of success in the playoffs. The top line is the top line. And I say you take your three new guys and say, hey, we went out and bought a second line. And you put it out there, and I, I think that's how you start, and you let things kind of shake out from there. Um, you know, keep Tyson Jost where he, he showed some real life and see if he can keep that going. Uh, for me, he looked too good at center to, in, in the playoffs to, to move him to the wing to start this season. Um, but that's just me. Yeah, I'm with you. I think that I, well, I think it was said, and I think even Sackick made some commentary when it came to Burakovsky and Donskoy that they just need more opportunity. They need more ice time. They were pushed down the lineups in both of the respective clubs, and they just didn't have enough ice time to to show what they could do. And to me, that means second line time. And then with the acquisition of Kadri, he's the second line center bar none. I don't think there's any. I don't think there's any doubt they want to give more ice time to Donskoy and Burkowski. The, the only thing I think is Burkowski is probably the guy that is the least secure with how hot and cold he's been. And I think he might be the guy that's susceptible to, to switch positions with just going from maybe a third line center up to a second line wing and switching things around with Comfort, just centering the third line with uh, Wilson and Burkowski kind of switching wings on that on that third line. But, uh, 
but yeah, I think that uh, I think uh, I think Kadri, Burakovsky, and Donskoy are definitely going to see second time line at some point, whether it's to start the season or it evolves to that. I think I think that's where it's headed. All right, I like that, but let's move on from the roster minutia here and and let's get into the fun stuff. Give me your hottest prediction for the Avs next season. Could be optimistic, could be pessimistic, something out there, something surprising. That's what I want to hear. I guess we can start with AJ this time. Uh well, I'm going to I'm going to copy and paste from the show that people the will never get show. to hear. <laughs> uh and I'm going to say Connor Timmins plays 50 games this year in the NHL. And that one's spicy, man. <laughs> I love that one though. I love that. I, I think the organization loves him. Um, I think that if he shows he's healthy in in you know next weekend at in in California at the at the rookie showcase, he's healthy and he plays well. Uh, you know, he looked like he was just a cut above in the three v three and in development camp. He just looked like he was more polished and ready. And I want to see what he looks like next to the pros. Uh, if he has if he has a preseason kind of like the one that he did uh, two years ago when his right after he got drafted, then I think he's going to make a case. I think he's like the ultimate dark horse to make the roster immediately out of out of preseason. You know, we've we've all kind of just assumed, and I still think that it's it's a fair assumption. Um, but I think we've all assumed that he was just going to go play in the AHL for a little while. And then maybe, you know, we'll see. But I think they love him. And I think that his hockey smarts uh, is, is and his polish are going to appeal to Jared Bednar in such a way that he he's going to want to bring him up. He's going to want to play him. And I think that we, I don't want to say we've just ignored it, but I think we've discounted the possibility that he plays significantly for Colorado this year. They they love him like they love him, and if he's healthy, I don't think they're going to look at it and say, "Oh, well, he's missed all this time off." If he looks good, I think they're going to want to give him looks. AJ, I, I I do I like that a lot because I remember two seasons ago you and I making the joke, we're like, "Oh, Connor Timmons is going to make the team out of camp," and it started as a joke. And then they were making yeah. cuts, and he stuck around and stuck around and stuck around and stuck around. Then suddenly they were in Vegas, and he was still there sticking around. And he was the last guy they send home. He goes out, has the amazing year. AJ, you said it. You know, we've talked to him. They love Connor Timmons, and I wouldn't be. I don't know. If, I don't know if I should say I wouldn't be surprised at all. But if he makes the the opening night roster, it really wouldn't catch me that off guard just because like what you said, I know they like him. Um, Boy, I can't buy in there. The opening night roster with all the bodies they've added. I just, I don't see it. I think he's going to have to prove it at the AHL level first. And, and even then for my taste, 50 games is, is definitely on the high side with, with no Ian Cole to start the season. You know, we were sitting there in the office that I kind of go, it's a lot of names. It's a lot of names for that bottom pairing. But knowing the way the organization and the coaching staff feels about Connor Timmons, if he, he's got to come out and play well. They're not going to hand it to him, obviously. Right. If he comes out and, and plays well in the preseason. I, I mean, 
that bottom pairing is fully up for grabs. Now there's a lot of people going for it, but with Ian Cole out at least half the first half of this season, there's a lot of names that are in the running for that. And, and for my money, AJ, you know, I, I, I think Connor Timmons is, is, is right in that race. Okay. First of all, how dare you do that to my boy, Ryan Graves <laughs> and Bowen Byram. What are you talking about? Uh, he, that, can be, he can be Ryan Graves' partner, man. It's fine. <laughs> well, I, I think um, that is, it's a really interesting hot take because I think that um, that position, if they're going to give it to a young guy, is really a story between Connor Timmons and Bowen Byram. Yep. Because if Byram does for what – and kind of, you know, Saku was kind of foreshadowing some of this, you know, when he foreshadows things like that with prospects, it usually tends to happen. But let's say that Byram does make the team. I don't think Connor Timmons has much of a shot. Now, if he doesn't, that opens up a lot of opportunities. I think you're right, AJ, the team loves him. I don't know whether they're going to – you know, he may not even see AHL time because, like you said, if he performs in the preseason – then they may just keep him. And I don't know what's going to happen to Ian Cole. I want him to be healthy. I think he's actually probably a better player than a lot of Avalanche fans give him credit for. My but man. when you're when you're <laughs> when you're that age and you have double hip surgery, it is like an Achilles popping. It is a very, very difficult thing to recover from. I don't think Jamie Ben's ever been the same since he had his surgery. And um, I have real questions, especially if we have to wait till December to see him, whether he's really going to be playing any kind of significant role for a while or if he can ever get back to where he was. And that opens up a lot of opportunity for a a guy like Timmons, like you said. All right. All right. Dario, you're the one that I haven't heard before here. So so what's your hot take? Do you want a division hot take or do you want an avalanche hot take? Because I got I'll a couple. Take, I'll take whatever you want to go with. We can go with both. Well, we're talking the abs. So my hot take is that um, Francis at the goaltender position is at one point going to take over, and it's going to be very difficult for Bednar to put Grubauer back in the net. I don't know if that's and good I, or bad. Cause that I, means- think he's, I think he's going to steal some games, and I think he's going to show himself, and I think he's going to be um, a really good performer, and they're going to have a very difficult choice if Grubauer even, um, has even a little bit of a dip, like those two inexplicable months last year that almost killed their playoff chances. It's going to be very interesting. I think Francus Frank is going to be a very good goaltender, and I think uh, we're all sleeping on him. I think he's going to be very good. Dario, I uh- – so I, I gave a hot take the other day, and I wanted to change it up a little bit. And that was one of the ones that I was actually uh, thinking about. I'm right there with you, man. I uh, I, I was saying the other day, I, I really like Francis. Um, this is a guy who is who has moved up, moved up, moved up, and, and he's done well at every level. Uh, you know, he was at the Olympics a couple of years ago, and, and I specifically – uh, I don't remember who they were playing, but but I remember him catching my attention at the Olympics a couple seasons ago. Uh, you know, goaltender of the year in the KHL comes over as an All Star season in the AHL. Uh, was really good in his couple NHL appearances. I, I'm right there with you. I don't know if he necessarily steals steals the job at any point, but I think uh, I think he's going to get on a nice little run here. It's 
that would be great for Francis. I think that would definitely be a positive there, but I wonder what it's going to take from Grubauer for him to really get that opportunity in the first place. I mean, it doesn't necessarily have to be a, be a bad thing. Look at Dallas last year. I mean, that, that's, that was almost a full 50, 50 split and got, you know, one of, one of uh, Ben Bishop's best years of his career. So, I mean, I, we don't necessarily have to look at that as a bad thing. It, it, it could be a really good thing. If you've got both Grubauer and Francis playing at a high enough level that, I mean, again, maybe this is, this is a bit far-fetched. I don't know. But, you know, if, if you've got something like a, uh, a 50-32 split, I wouldn't fully be surprised. Um, maybe even maybe even a little bit closer than that. And again, it doesn't necessarily have to be a bad thing if you got both those guys going at a high level. I just don't think you get there if you have them both going at the high level. I, I think the Evs stick with Grubauer as much as they can, unless we talked about this on a previous show where if the Evs are easily in a playoff spot, then they might have more opportunity to play the backup. It's all up to him. It's all in, uh, it's all in Franz Duse's lap. On uh, on how many games he plays, in my opinion, um, I hope Grubauer just lights it up. He was like, you know, from the last month into the playoffs. I hope he he keeps that up. But if he dips, like he did last season, and he and the team leans on Frank Krenkus, I think that that's the opportunity that I'm talking about. He has to dip. You He's going to you know that, that it's that his net to lose. Dip, I don't if you're going to dip, it's got to be like just slightly below league average. You can't you can't drop down to that eight seventy nonsense. When you're that throwing eight thirties in games, it's yeah, that was weird. that was that was he can't do that again. Yeah, I that would be very very bad <laughs> if that happened. Uh, all right, all right. So that's two. Jesse, the supposedly full of hot takes over here. I'm ready for another one. <laughs> I've just been I've just been queuing them up uh, over the last couple of days now. Um, it's pretty hot. And I'm gonna and I'm gonna give uh, my explanation here. Um, Andre Burakovsky scores thirty goals. Oh lord! <laughs> <laughs> and here's how I think it happens. We talked the other day. I don't remember if it made it onto a show or not. If it didn't, I'll reiterate the conversation. We talked a lot about power play one, power play two. Uh, I think you're gonna set up your your PP two for him. Uh, to to be a shooter so i think he picks up some goals there and i think he ends up being the one playing with mckinnon at some point with the line shuffling uh and i think he picks up a lot of pat maroon uh goals where he just is in the zone with the right people at the right time and he's everything you ever wanted caps fans but he doesn't play there anymore we usually do that with their goalies but (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah see this is this is the new thing now it's we've we've moved on from just taking their goalies and now it's all right take us your your dejected players and we'll play them with nathan mckinnon and he'll score 30 goals and jesse will be the only person not only in north america but the entire world to have called it because who else would say that andre burakovsky is going to score 30 goals <laughs> it will not be me <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, I will say this, Jesse, is that Kadri and Donskoy, if he happens to play with them on the second line, are both very underrated for their playmaking. They are very good playmakers, and if 
Burkowski can get into the right position and can finish pucks, then he has an opportunity to score a lot more goals than he's done in the past. I don't know about 30. Oh, 30 is a uh, – we said hot takes, right? Yeah, we said hot takes, absolutely. didn't we? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, I'm afraid and, to I mean, get near my mic because it's currently melting. <laughs> 30, 30 is, is a huge stretch. But I like Burakovsky. I think he's got a boatload of talent. And, and I mean, it would take, I mean, talk, we, we talked about Carolina, or excuse me, uh, Calgary having everything go right. I mean, this would have to be an everything goes right for Burakovsky. I think he's got the skill to do it. Um, but, but to Dario's point, you know, he's got to get himself in the right situations and he's got to finish. He's got to finish pucks. Um, but, but, I guess let me let me say this. Hot take is that he scores 30 goals. I think if he's ever had a chance to score 30 goals, this upcoming season's going to be it. Yeah, he's going to have the opportunity to do it here, right? And A, a better opportunity than he so had in Washington. How this happens, right, is he gets that hot start, whether it's on the power play or, or he's pouring in pucks because Don Skoy or Kadri are feeding him. You're going to see him get moved up to the top line then, I think. And he's going to be playing even more. Mm-hmm. And then if he can start putting in some some garbage-type goals off of McKinnon just pounding pucks into pads and, and he starts finishing those, then he's got a chance for 30, I think. It's, uh, it's out there. It would take him scoring a lot more than he has before. But uh, with the guys that are going to be uh, in his vicinity, you know, in, 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 in and around him, if uh, – if he can take his game to that next level, I think I think he's going to have a shot to uh, to be at least up in that well, range. Well, I think what it might take is actually my hot take, which is <laughs> that the Avs will have a top five power play in the league, and it won't be buoyed by a very hot start. It's going to be a consistent weapon for them all over the season. And I know this isn't like super duper hot or anything. They had a high top ten power play last year, I think. Yeah, so it's not a crazy hot, but I I think it will be better this year. And we've talked about the adjustments they're going to have to make without a Tyson Berry. You get Sam Girard or Kale McCarr in there, and and you work on the the facilitating aspect of the game from the blue line. That means getting more shots to players like Rantanen. Guess what? You want Rantanen to shoot. You want to design power play to around Burakovsky to shoot, or if it's not working with him, you're setting up someone else to shoot and... I've been asking the abs for years to have their forwards shoot the puck more on the power play. I think it happens this year. Well, I think it's got to, right? Because, you know, AJ, you and I talked about it last season. You've removed the crutch. Tyson Berry, again, don't remember if it made it on a show or if it was on the lost episode. Tyson Berry, in my opinion, has one of the most underrated shots from the blue line in the league. Tyson Berry can absolutely fire pucks. He's got a great one-timer, uh, and, and he likes to put pucks on net. AJ always had a lot of frustration watching the Avs power play because they, they relied on that too much. They default. When they were struggling, it was just get it to, to TB4 and let him tee it up. Don't get creative. Don't use your unbelievable weapons on the wing. You ran through Tyson Berry too much, which led to your forwards not shooting. Well, that's gone. Kale McCarr is a different type of player. He's going to walk the line. He's going to get shots that generate offense. He's not going to be necessarily shooting the score. It's looking for tips, rebounds. If you watch a lot of his film, 
He likes he likes shots that are are knee high or lower from the point uh, that that get on net. So you're not going to have that 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 booming one timer from the top that you can kind of default to. It's going to force Nathan McKinnon and Miko Rantanen to shoot more, and, and and whoever you know, same for that that second unit there, um, Burakovsky and and if it's Kadri or whomever, uh, you are you're you're going to force your forwards to shoot more this year. I like it. I like it. Getting pucks to forwards to shoot is kind of what they're paid to do. So I'm all for doing more of that. All right. Uh, It's amazing how long these shows get once actual hockey things are are here to talk about, isn't it? (laughs) Let's go ahead and get out of this second segment here. If we get 30% of these hot takes right, I will be quite happy about it. Also... Total Beverage is giving the BSN family 30% off a purchase of $25 or more. That's right, 30% off. You can use code BSN2019 online or on the Total Beverage app, which you can download today. As you may or may not know, Total Beverage delivers to most of the metro area, from Lakewood to Boulder and from Aurora to Brighton. They have the lowest prices in the state. Plus, they now offer CBD products. From drinks to gummies, you can enjoy CBD products on your next visit. Don't let this offer pass you by. I really can't stress how much 30% off a purchase of $25 or more is, especially if you're spending more. 30% adds up really fast. And better yet, you can get it delivered to your home. Cheers. Third and final segment of this Prediction BSN Avalanche podcast with Nathan, Dario, AJ, and Jesse. That's a lot of names to say, but we're getting into this one. We're a boy band. (laughs) Yeah, we need one more. Five, I think, is the lucky number, right? So, (laughs) all right, all right, Dario. You said you had a a division-wide hot take, so so you got my interest peaked. Now I need to hear it. Uh, well, um, I I think. My hot take is that um, in the division, I think the Stanley Cup defending St. Louis Blues have a, have even odds of missing the playoffs, t- in my mind. Um, I think they're very much like the 13-14 LA Kings who won a Stanley Cup and then missed the playoffs the very following year. Um, and... I think they're going to be in a dead heat between St. Louis and Dallas to squeeze into that last wild card spot in in the West, especially um, because first of all, Dallas is going to be there because I, I first of all I think that uh, Pavelski um, pickup is he's a great player. He's going to add some goals. There's no doubt. But you know he was a declining production player until his contract year last year. He just what turned 35. So it's Four, very – what's that? 34. 34. So it's really in line when, when like, Aginlan went to Boston, and he had a nice first year, and then he really kind of started to decline. Pavelski isn't even that kind of player like like um, like Aginlan, where he has some speed on the wing. He, you know, I, I think that Dallas team is going to be uh, – have a real tough time. They're, they're not going to let – put it this way. The Dallas Stars allowed only 202 goals all year. The and but they only scored 210. To put that in perspective, the Avalanche scored 260 goals. Yeah, I they think scored... they were the third lowest scoring team last year. I believe. Yeah, exactly. In the whole NHL, the Avalanche scored 50 more goals. And the only way that Dallas was able to stay competitive and get 
to that point was because they had unbelievable goaltending by only allowing 200 goals, basically. And that defense is good, but it's not that good. How and much do you think could, of that could be Monty, though, and, and just how he coaches? Well, for a first-year coach, I'm sure that has a lot to do with it. Um, you know, but I, I mean, the the trap with that, uh, I, I just all I know is that 210 goals. If they continue to do that, and they're going to get a little bit more production from the the free agents they got, but I don't I don't think they're going to be able to 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 sustain only allowing basically 200 goals all throughout the season. And then you know, my hot take with St. Louis is you know St. Louis. You know, there was this copycat thing where, you know, teams are going to, you know, get bigger on the back end because St. Louis is Stanley Cup champion. But people realize that, you know, they're double overtime in game seven away from Dallas, from Dallas being that team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, St. Louis really struggled at points during the regular season. And it's a little, you know, hypocritical of me, hypocritical of me to say that with Avalanche, you know, making the playoffs with 90 points. But um, those are two teams that I think actually might take a step back while Chicago kind of, kind of filters in there a little bit. And Chicago has their own defensive problems, of course. But um, I have a feeling those two teams, they're getting a lot of uh, positive press right now, but I think that um, they're going to have a tough regular season. I also have St. Louis on the outside. Yeah, I I think this podcast is is a believer in that take for sure. It's yeah. it's a lot of faith in Jordan Jordan Biddington off of a relatively small sample size. Yeah, I believe a lot more in what Dallas is doing uh, for that to be repeatable than what uh, what St. Louis did because I think a lot of it was systems based, and they were trying to play really low event hockey, which produces inflated uh, save percentages. So when we say, oh, well, Ben Bishop can't do that again, he probably won't. But I don't know that the drop-off will be very dramatic. Uh, and I and I think that with the addition of Pavelski, uh, that kind of like the addition, uh, the addition of Kadri in Colorado, I think it'll have a transformative effect on their ability to score goals. Uh, and I think they will be uh, more prolific offensively. I don't, I don't think it'll be by, by a lot. Uh, but I think... Uh, you know, if you if you jump up their numbers from the the two ten two o two in goals that they did last year, and put them in the two twenty range and have them be just a little bit on the positive side again, um, I think they're right back into the playoff hunt. Whereas St. Louis obviously needs Jordan Bennington that whatever that hell that was for that to be real again, <laughs> uh, but they also need Ryan O'Reilly to be near nearly an eighty point guy again. Uh, is, That's is not going to happen. Is he going to do that? Right. And I'm, again, I'm skeptical that he repeats that kind of offense. Um, a great two-way player, but I don't I don't know that he has that kind of offense in him multiple years in a row. Uh, so I'm, I am a, very skeptical of St. Louis's chances. And Jay Bowmeister, kind of the same thing with the, with the Giordano conversation from earlier. I just don't know that he can do that again. Um, kind of came back from, from multiple injuries in his mid thirties and, uh, played played really well at times for them, and I it, it just seems kind of like a you got a really healthy season out of an old dude with with a breaking down body, and you got really fortunate, right? And the other team that's probably going to take a little bit of a step back is Winnipeg. I yeah. can't see them doing what they did. Now the team that I think is going to be scary is Nashville. I have a feeling that Nashville is going to make Some a guy named Matt Duchesne's pretty all right for them. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> 
Yeah, I think they finally found their second. I find they finally found the center they've been trying to get for years, and I think that's gonna they're gonna be really tough team to beat. I think they're pretty close to bulletproof uh, during the regular season. I think they're, I think they're vulnerable in the postseason to uh, certain matchups. Going up against anybody with a high end first line is going to make them vulnerable, uh, because Roman Yossi is an overrated defender. Uh, he's a great, you know, point scoring defenseman, but I think he's overrated defensively. And if that guy has to go up against. Uh, top lines every night. I think that that's going to get exposed a, a little bit. Ekholm is great, uh, but the loss of Subban means that they no longer have two pairings, natural lefties and righties that they can roll out situationally. Uh, they've got to rely on, oh no, not that, but just having the, the three top defensemen uh, and trying to trying to make do with three other guys on that back end. But I for the regular season, I mean, they're going to walk into... Uh, games against, I would say, you know, 25 teams and they'll be, they'll be better than them just on talent alone. Uh, so they'll win plenty of games just by being better. Uh, but, but then once they get to the playoffs, I am worried about them and being able to handle uh, matchups, certain matchups uh, because they are, they, they do have the weaknesses at the, at the high end of their roster. Yeah. And they, they finished with a hundred points last year. And that was with the very worst power play in the entire NHL at 12%. Yeah, and we're talking one of the worst in the last, like, 25 years. Yeah, that's just unreal. I don't think they'll do that again. Yeah. More fodder to why you should use your forwards to shoot on the power play, maybe. <laughs> right? Well, it really is, because yeah. that was the team. You know, when you talk about, oh, well, maybe the Avs should use two defensemen on their their second power play unit – uh, you look at Nashville, all of the analytics done on this, all the research done on this shows that power plays with four forwards versus one defenseman uh, with one defenseman are way more successful than the three and two combination. And honestly, I'm, I, I don't think we're very far off. We saw Vegas do it uh, in the, in the playoffs. I don't think we're very far off from teams regularly running five forwards. Why not go for it? Yeah, I mean, I I think that's we're we're getting there. If you well, don't have a guy, who's the uh, fifth for the Abs then? Well, it, well, see, the Abs have four, and then a clear a clear guy on their back end. So for me, right, I think for the Abs it, it wouldn't make as much sense. But there there would be teams out there that where it's like, okay, well, who's your quarterback of your power play? Like you're kind of forcing it here. Just get a fifth forward out there instead. I think it, I think a lot of that would depend on what teams are doing with their penalty killers, right? Because the last couple of years, there's been kind of this push of, do you play skill guys on your penalty kill to be a little bit more of a threat? And I think that's where you'd have to walk that line a bit. If you run five forwards out there and, and I'm drawing a blank on, 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 you know, I, I mean, just because I remember this one example from last year, the Caps were using Evgeny Kuznetsov a lot, a lot on their penalty kill at, to be a threat for offense. I, I would just have a hard time running out five guys if the penalty killers have skilled offensive players out there um, just because you're so vulnerable to any kind of rush. I mean, AJ, you joke all the time about, you know, forwards can't skate backwards. Um I would just be, I would be a little nervous to at least not have one defenseman out there 
if you know if if you have a team that's running a penalty kill out that has any type of legitimate offensive threat i i would struggle to not have at least one defenseman out there that's the chess match though right yeah that's what I'm if saying. you if you if you do that and then the team counters and say okay well we'll pull the fifth forward off and we'll put a d back there you know you're not i mean how you don't we don't really know how much worse off you might be but you know, a guy like Kuznetsov, you know, maybe isn't the greatest defensive player. Right. And so that's your trade-off is, okay, well, we've got we, – we wanted to run five forwards, but they put a dangerous guy out there that we wouldn't have a natural defender out there for. So uh, – but it, even then, honestly, there's just not very many situations where you're playing much in the way of any kind of, like, real defense where having a defenseman would be more useful – uh, in in those in situations on a where you know you have an, a, a breakaway or uh, an odd man rush or whatever, that guy is just gonna drift backwards, put his stick out, and hope to make something happen anyway. So I don't I don't know that that would be a, a real advantage there. I, I wonder <sighs> if the fatigue factor is a thing there. Like if you're putting five forwards on the ice, you're committing to that unit for pretty much the whole power play. I think you should, and top heavy teams should consider it. A team like Colorado could consider it. Where, you know, if you wanted to take Makar off there and you wanted to come up, you had a fifth forward that, you know, if, if Burakovsky ends up being a revelation, he's got a great shot. All right, throw him on the blue line. And then now you've got great shooters from the blue line and on both sides and two great guys at, at digging pucks and tipping them home in front and Kadri and Landeskog. You could sell me on that. You could sell me on the power play. I just wonder... You know, what happens when you're late in the game and you run the two-minute power play with five forwards and it doesn't work? Oh, well, and I mean, in that case, man, you maybe not do that. Like, situationally, as as is everything in in this, context is key, where situationally you could be like, okay, well, we're not going to commit that hard. You know, we've got to – we're afraid that we're going to go into overtime and we just burned all of our top forwards on a power play that didn't work. Like, that's – you know, that would be problematic where you just – you gear that down. All right. Okay, let's let's steer us back to our predictions here a little bit. We've been talking about the fight for the wild card spot. We talked about who's going to win the divisions. Mm. The Avs were in the conversation. Nobody picked them. Where do you think the Avs end up? A, a standings point total and, and a spot in the central? Oh. I don't know. that's gonna do it for the show thing (laughs) i i I say they're second they're second in the central that's what i'm behind behind nashville and i think they're gonna they're they're gonna leap over winnipeg st louis and dallas um and then wherever chicago and minnesota end up um point totals you know i I think that they better be 98 to 100 points they got to be right there they got to be right in that that little uh, I, I don't think next year you're, they're going to make the playoffs with 90 points. And there have been years where you 96 points doesn't make the playoffs. I think they're going to have to be right at that, that 98 to 100 range. I, and I think they're, they have such great offense. I mean, I can't – we haven't talked about it. I've probably touched it on other podcasts. But I'm so excited about Nazim Kadri being the second-line center on this team. I still can't believe it. it he is going to be – do amazing things, and it's going to be – it's gonna it's gonna be so incredibly exciting to have that scoring depth with Nathan McKinnon starting the the boulder rolling down the hill and then Kadri just smashing guys in the face. It's gonna be amazing. Yeah, I uh, 
I agree with you, Dario. I think they're second behind Nashville. Um, we talked the other day. I think they'll be somewhere uh, in the 99 to 103 uh, point range, 104 maybe, somewhere in there. Um, and I do. I think that I think that puts them second in the division. Uh, I, I think they'll make it pretty interesting with Nashville down to maybe the last week uh, or two, but I think Nashville will end up end up eking them out by, by a few points, uh, which is totally fine. Uh, but I do, I think they end up with home ice in round one. I'm not quite that optimistic. I do think they make the playoffs. I have them basically just down a notch from Dario. I'd say 95 to 97 is more where I expect them to end up in the playoffs with that number. Maybe closer to, to third, in the division, I think with that number is what you're looking at. So not having the home ice, but but finally out of that wild card mix. Yeah, do you? Mm, I don't know, man. The wild card thing I think benefited Colorado last year quite a bit. Getting it, to go it through Calgary, did, you know, yeah, but. but... I, and and again this year, I think I think they'd be better off taking a shot at. Um, anyone from the Pacific, basically. Yeah, I, Vegas is the only one that I really just the way that they match up, and I, I just think San Jose has lost so much that I'm not as worried about them as I normally would be. Yeah, but anyway, um, not the point. I I, I kind of have them finishing where you do, Rudo, where I think they're in that 95 ish range again like they were two years ago. And I think they're battling for third or fourth in the division. Um, I've got Nashville and Dallas ahead of them. And I think they're going to battle with, with Winnipeg. Yep. So I think for, for third, I think that's, that's where they are is, uh, and then, and then I think Chicago will probably get in behind them. Wow. Okay. I, I think Chicago is realistic. It's, you're, how much do you have faith in St. Louis is the question there, really, right? It's really, I have more faith in Chicago's goaltending than I do in St. Louis's. Um, and anyone in the bottom half of the Pacific, basically. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I mean, you look at the Pacific, man, and it's really, for me, it's the same three teams it was last year. Uh, with Arizona maybe uh, pushing it, you know, people, people that love Arizona always tout the injuries. But if you look at it, they got top eight goaltending out of Darcy Kemper as a starter for 55 games last year, and they still couldn't make it. And it's like, okay, well, what else have they done on their roster to upgrade? Uh, because it's all the same guys coming back. Like it's, I, I just don't buy that this John Chaka nonsense is working out and doing and going anywhere. He gets a little bit older and a little bit like more, like he min maxes his roster with significantly older players every summer. And I just don't see it there. Not a believer in the Carl Kessel connection. You know, I I really like the Kessel thing. I think that was a clear win for them. But they've got to, they've got, they need more than that. And to be honest with you, I'm I'm more worried about Anaheim taking that spot than uh, the, them jumping back up because that was another team with a bunch of injuries. But they actually have a great goaltender. So um, I'm I'm a bigger believer in Anaheim than I am in Arizona, but. You know, the Pacific sucks, so it doesn't matter. How bad are the Kings going to be? I think they're going to be pretty bad. Cool, gosh. All right. 
last prediction of the show here. Which Av is going to be the most improved player from last year to this year? And you can include the new guys based on their seasons with their previous teams. Well, I guess Jesse's married to Burke. <laughs> then, right? <laughs> he has no choice. <laughs> I just I can't believe how much shit I'm getting for a segment called Hot Takes. <laughs> no, no. I mean, no. I mean, no hate, man. It's, I know. I'm, that's I'm, what you do. I mean, I've, he knows I'm, what's coming in the comments, though. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. It's it's you can you can say that it's a hot take how many times you like. There'll be comments on bsndenver.com, and my mentions will be full. What an idiot! I actually think blah, 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 blah. I can't wait. I love hockey season. Uh, I think uh, uh, I'm going to take Sam Gerard. I think. Uh, I think he's been a number one D now uh, for a year, and I think he really really settles into that. And I think him and uh, Kale McCarr uh, start to carve out their central division dominance uh, as a as a top pairing. Uh, and I think we see uh, I think we see G take a huge step forward this year. I like that pick. I, they need him to to take that step for sure. Yep. He's second on my list of guys I think will take a big step forward this year because I've still got you're not you're not getting me off of uh the believing in in Tyson Jost. He's he's the guy that I think you know points wise I don't know that he takes a major step forward like I don't think he gets to 50 points but some of this will be role dependent of course. Um but I I do think consistency night to night impact uh I think he should have a 40 point season even if he's playing 3C. Um I think he'll get he'll get plenty of PP two time, and I just think that there we've seen we've seen him when he's engaged, and he's he could be so good, and he can be so good in areas that this team needs him to be good in too. You know, we saw him in the postseason was just a monster on the forecheck, was creating all kinds of problems for opposing teams, wreaking all kinds of havoc against both Calgary and San Jose. I I really like him if they if they keep him at center. I really like him for a major breakout and really locking down uh, a job. Although it would be a bit of a disappointment for him to be a third line center after using a top 10 pick on him. Um, I, I do really, I do really think he's, he's the guy that I'm looking for this year to, to break out. And this is the last year I'm allowed to do that. So I'm taking, <laughs> I'm taking, taking Tyson Jones for the last time. I'm going to take Kadri. And part of that goes along with my hot take about the Avs power play being top five in the league. Mm-hmm. I think Kadri's going to be a big part of, of finding some more consistency to that. I think he's capable of being a 65 point player for the Avs as a second line center. Man, if he's, if he's a 65 point player, they win the central. I hope so. I, I don't know if that's true. My big worry is goaltending consistency there about winning the central, but I just, he's, if they score that much, man, cause it's not like he can be a 65 point player and then have a bunch of duds around him. You know, he'd have to have no, at least right. 40 point guys surrounding him. He, so he need, he does need that, but hey, you were talking about this off air the other day, his most common line mates in, in Toronto last year were Patrick Marlowe and Connor Brown. Yeah. So uh, the Avs can give him better than that, even with the question, question marks they have, I think. Yeah, absolutely, they can. I mean, you got Burakovsky. If, if Burakovsky can't be better than uh, this version of Marlowe and Connor Brown, then 
right you, you messed you really, up yeah you really your pro your pro scouting staff screwed that up badly yep well this is the this is the problem with going last right you guys take all my choices if i can't if i well, can't I mean, you're allowed to agree with somebody it's not like you got to be like yeah. totally out there well I think Kale McCarr is going to have a career year, but I think that um, big, big <laughs> prediction for a guy who has no career. <laughs> I think that Kadri uh, uh, is my selection, and I think Gerard's a great choice as well. Um, but Kadri, uh, you know, his shooting percentage was down to like eight percent last year. His shot. Uh, attempts were down like almost by like 30 shot attempts. He was, he was down from 32, 30 total goal seasons to 16. I mean, that guy is going to explode as being uh, on this uh, first unit power play. And uh, he's going to be a revelation. I think, uh, I, I think he's going to at least hit 55. And if he does better than that, um, you know, just money in the bank. All right, there we go. I love Final. I love the addition of Kadri, man. Honestly, I I, just, I do too. Yeah. I think I I feel like we've just taken it for granted all summer. They're like, oh well, hey, now they have a two C. I think it's going to have a transformative effect on the offense. Uh, I think they have the potential. My only thing that's keeping me tempering expectations on the ABS this year is my uh, my lack of comfort with the goaltending situation. If I felt better about Grubauer as a surefire starter and Francis as a backup. I'd have them winning the division because I think their forward core and their defense has the potential to be so, so, so good. And then you fast forward a year, and I think that they're going to be yeah, one of the top three right. teams in the NHL. The dumbest part is their forward and defensive cores are going to get better. <laughs> like significantly better. It's uh, it, it's pretty wild, but final thoughts on predictions here before, I guess when this goes live, it'll be one day away from on ice activities beginning cup champs cup winners. Yeah. Take a pick a cup winner and to close out the show. Um, just cause this is the one thing I haven't put any thought into. Uh, I'll, I'll take, I'll take just an off the cuff without thinking about, it, I'll take Vegas. Good pick. I'll go with, Tampa. I'll take the boring pick and say they actually put it together in the playoffs for once. Yeah, I agree with you. They're the 97 Red Wings. Yeah, going straight chalk there, boys. I'm taking Tampa. All right. No interesting cup winners here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's all right. All right. Well, awesome. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Dario. Thank you, Jesse, for coming on the show for this yeah. one. Really appreciate uh, it. Thank you, guys, for uh, for having me back uh, multiple days now. Uh, some some listeners said some very nice things uh, on Twitter. Thank you, guys. It, it, uh, you know, I was dying to talk talk to Mavs after after taking the summer to uh, kind of focus on on some other parts of life. It was nice to to dive back into it head first. Really looking forward to the uh, the season getting going, um, and uh, yeah, and then you're gonna go and be a traitorous swine, huh? Right. And and moonlight on somebody yeah, else's podcast. Like I told you guys, I'm just gonna, <laughs> I'm just gonna be my my official goal for this year that that I set today is to show up on every Avs podcast out there throughout the year, and just I'm just gonna be a, a homie hopper, just. Podcast, podcast, you know, to podcast. 
honestly, Chambers likes you enough that you could definitely get I, on there. I just might. I'll go say Andre Burakovsky's going to score 30 goals on there, too. That should be your goal. <laughs> get on all of them preseason and have the same hot take yeah. on everyone. <laughs> I don't know, hot take just off the top of my head. Burakovsky, 30 goals. <laughs> <laughs> There you go. Put it in the books. Uh, Count it. But yeah, no, it's uh, it, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a fun season, man. I, I honestly, I was thinking about it. All jokes aside, um, this upcoming season, I really do. I think you're gonna see um, more abs coverage uh, than ever. Uh, you know, I, I think some of the best abs coverage we, we, we've ever seen, and. I grew up in this town just absolutely dying for one outlet to give a shit about the abs. And I mean, we've got, we just have so much amazing content. I'm so thankful, so happy to be a part of it. Um, you know, like I said, all, all jokes aside, I want to be uh, a part of bringing, you know, have a hand in bringing as, as much abs coverage to the people as, uh, as possible. Cause that's what I wanted growing up. And I want, uh, I want people to have that. So uh, I, I, you know, you'll you'll hear me all over all over town. I'll, I'm just going to be the community podcast bicycle. Every pod gets a ride. <laughs> <laughs> all right. There's always one guy. <laughs> There's always one. There's always one. And for uh, my for yeah, me, thanks for inviting me. I always like talking puck. You guys uh, talk anytime you want. Yeah. It's it's been fun. Once again, thank you guys for coming on. I, I guess what I would would say to that is BSN's coverage this year it, it's going to be uh, uh, game changing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Especially once we figure out, like once we roll out all of it, because right now nobody knows. I think yeah, they're nobody, not ready. nobody knows like the last ace up the sleeve. So AJ, I don't want to step on on this, but I think he was going for a fantastic segue there. I, which is why, which is why I ruined it. He's he's ruined every time I, I've gone for the oops so far. I how much I appreciated what you were going for there. I I saw it. I, I that was me blocking the alley oop. Yeah, that, that was the SWAT. Yeah, he that was that, that was the Dikembe Mutombo. I'm wagging my finger right now. <laughs> well, as hard as AJ might try, I still got to tell you about some game changing coffee. Strava Craft is the CBD-enriched coffee that has really changed lives. Their reviews are incredible, so check them out. The CBD-infused coffee has taken away long-term migraines, back pain, arthritis, IBS. It's even helped decrease anxiety. You name it, it's done it. CBD is all natural and not psychoactive. The coffee is rich and tasty, and we couldn't recommend it more to our listeners. Check it out for yourself today, and you can get 20% off when you use code BSN2019 at checkout, and you can get it shipped straight to your door. It's going to do it for this episode of the BSN Avalanche podcast. We will be back with one final episode tomorrow. And then on Friday, we will have a episode from rookie camp. So there is that to look forward to. Thank you for listening. We will talk to you then.